0: Hello and welcome to Behind the Soundcheck, a podcast taking you backstage and behind the scenes with musicians and people from all around the music industry. I am Tiana Speeter, host of Behind the Soundcheck, and can you believe it, my accidental second season of this podcast is coming to a close today, kicking off back in March this year with Jacob Lee. We have made it all the way to episode 10 today. It is genuinely a pleasure to have you here with me to close out season two in extremely epic fashion, so let's get started. Briefly recapping last week's episode, I was joined by slowly, slowly frontman and songwriter Ben Stewart right on the cusp of the band releasing their new album, Daisy Chain, last Friday. From chats about personal growth and creative challenges to full circle moments teaming up with childhood heroes and also returning to play the very stage he first performed on as a teenager, Ben also dove into his work to inspire the next generation of people in the music industry. And safe to say it was a wholesome, insightful and really enjoyable chat all around, with one of the nicest humans in town. Give that episode a whirl if you haven't already. That was also one of two episodes last week that dropped with a bonus chat featuring Devon Townsend also throwing down for good measure. And just because I like to talk too much. We all know this. But for my final episode of season two of Behind the Soundcheck, well, today is proof that sometimes in life it's worth shooting your shot. For my guest, vocalist and bewitching frontman for North Carolina Rockers, he is legend. I'm talking, of course, about Skylar Kroom. It happened when he himself tweeted his way onto a Soundwave lineup here in Australia, alongside Faith No More Soundgarden and an insane array of others. For me, I shot my shot reaching out to Skylar himself out of the blue through a fortuitous series of events to ask him to come on this very podcast. And as this episode proves, it paid off. But there's more than just blind luck to the He Is Legend success story. A band who can trace their origins back to high school in the 90s to evolving into one of the most beloved bands in the heavier realms. There is undeniably no one quite like He Is Legend, from their bewitching brand of melodics to their sonic tenacity amongst raw and viscously grittier textures. Like a possessed nursery rhyme that swaggers, dazzles and blisters with jaw-dropping dexterity, one visit with He Legend is all it takes to fall head over heels into the rabbit hole with one of the undeniable modern greats. And because 2022 just seems to be the gift that keeps on giving, the band are currently now armed and ready to release a seventh studio album with Endless Hallway officially due out this Friday, the 11th of November. Initially releasing two tantalizing singles earlier this year in the form of Lifeless Lemonade and The Prowler, it's clear that in 2022, He Is Legend are at their boldest and most bodacious yet, which is genuinely saying something after the ballistic success of their 2019 album White Bat. In true He Is Legend fashion, leveling up the ferocity with each new release, Endless Hallway is set to be a boundless and gripping journey through glamorously dirty rock and plenty of other genres. And while speaking to Skylar just before the band dropped another pair of singles, Sour and Honey from the Hive, it's clear that the true secrets behind the band's versatility and otherworldly abilities stem from a DIY ethic, infectious passion, and a genuine humility surrounding their inescapable popularity. Chatting everything from tweeting his way to Australia to conjuring the new album amongst global and personal hurdles, memorable album artwork and matchbooks, Join me now with the incomparable Skylar Kroon from He Is Legend for this very special episode of Behind the Soundcheck. Here we go. Well, joining me now on my last episode of this season for the podcast is the absolute creative magician and musical maverick. I am talking, of course, about Skylar from He Is Legend. Skylar, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: My pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I know by the time this episode comes out, we will actually be like legitimately on the actual release of this new album but there's been so much going on in the he's legend world inside and out particularly coming out of the insanity of the past few years you guys have busted out two new tracks already the new albums that drop you're hitting the road with the history of middle earth tour talk about going from zero to a hundred after what's been kind of going on like how is life in your world right now in this moment amongst all of this stuff that's been going on
1: things have been crazy uh to say the least i think we've been uh patiently waiting for a chance to get back on the road. So this is nice to kind of have a few, a few shows before everything shuts down for the holidays, you know, everything kind of goes dormant. Um, but looking forward to next year and seeing what's, what shakes loose with travel, you know, hopefully we can make it to Australia and, you know, the Europe and UK and, and do those runs again. Those are, those are very exciting. So, fingers crossed but yeah it feels crazy because we did sit for two years you know like all the other bands in america and abroad um everybody just kind of you know we were out with while she sleeps when the the plug was pulled so to speak so um it was interesting being on on the road with a band not from america just kind of watching the whole thing unfold um and also being on on the success of White Bat, people really dug it. You know, it was it was it felt like there was like a kind of a meteoric rise happening, and um, yeah. So then to go from that to like just being at home for a while was pretty uh, pretty intense. And um, luckily, you know, we did we did well with our time. We wrote a record. We but we still had that lull, you know, that uh, just uncertainty, which which was was pretty drastic. Um, yeah. So now you know, with videos coming out and people digging the record and doing some shows, and we have festivals planned and and all of those things. I mean, it's it's surreal. It's nice to see again, you know, because mm. we had it, we had no idea what was going to happen. So yeah, uh, here we are. Here we yeah. are with things on the books. Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: nice. and that's that's a triumph in itself because I mean, I've, for every creative or anyone who obviously is doing something that you kind of need to have that spark to do like. For someone like yourself too, you've been part of this for such a long time and a long part of your life. And the normality of a life as a musician, I've always said to people, it's just that cycle you do like, you know, you make a re- make an album, you release it, you tour it, you do all of this, and yeah. you've got that momentum and momentum. And then when that stops, like hats off to actually even making a record. I mean, I know it's something you guys have done for so long, so there's no surprises that you'd be able right. to turn your heads to it, but like how but did it would have been easy it?
1: to not, you know, mm. it would have been easy to not do it. It would have been easy it, there's there's so many reasons especially like you know none of us had ever experienced a pandemic so we mm-hmm. don't know we don't know what you know i remember conversations where we were like what's the next thing that's going to happen because once you've seen something so drastic happen like you can imagine other things but before this who could have, uh, ever ever imagine that the world would just slow down and come to almost a screeching halt so um and even with when we did get back out and like you know furnace fest was the first show we had played in two years it was just it felt surreal it felt like it was an unreal thing we were watching it didn't feel real to see our friends to like be at an open show it would just all those things are like seemed foreign because it had been so long yeah so yeah being able to kind of jump back in and work and and you know feel the the inspirations and you know the open road and things like that that you took for granted before because I mean I know that I, we're not the only ones but we definitely took a lot of this for granted yeah I think that we you know the the feeling of driving four hours night to night to a show you know that that kind of we moved way past dr- the dread of that to like actually missing it so yeah. um, we skipped some steps in the uh in the in the forced closure of American music and music, you know, worldwide, <clears throat> crazy.
0: Well, it's some of that stuff too that you know isn't necessarily the glamorous side of being a musician. But I, on the flip side, like as someone who writes about music and goes to gigs, I had an identity crisis because I was like, I don't know who I am without having music to go to or see. And yeah, that's where I see p- people, and that's where I feel like I'm most at home and you mentioned as well obviously like when you guys were able to get back on stage like what was that moment like walking back on stage for the first time after a couple of years like were there nerves was it like just pure excitement or did you just have like an out-of-body experience and just left your body temporarily
1: yeah I think I think most of the time when I you know when we're on stage it's such a blur because it's so high energy and, you know, the the fans really fuel that and everybody's having a good time. It's like a, like a little like burst of party, you know. So um, at a festival, it can be quite different depending on, you know, the size of the crowd and who's there. You know, there's a lot of weird feelings that go into just just being on a festival stage. And we were lucky that, you know, we opened the main stage on, I think, the first day of that that festival. So it felt... It felt bizarre, um, it felt it felt like foreign area, but also like we had never stopped, you know, I mean, it, it just I was also dealing with a sickness at the time that I wasn't certain of like what was going on with me. So that on top of it all. Um, yeah, there was, a, you know, a lot of emotion, for sure, a lot of a lot of anxiety because I didn't know if I was able to perform. I mean, it would be the first time I would have been performing since I had started getting ill. So, um, luckily, you know, I made it through the set and was fine. And, and those, you know, those were just, a, these are all like little notches on the belt of yeah. getting back to where we are. So, yeah. um, I feel knock on wood, I'm good now and everything's, everything's great. And we're, you know, gearing up to, to do this run with valiant thor and so uh, nice. i think yeah i think people were excited and we certainly are excited and um, happy to have an opportunity to see fans again
0: mm. wish
1: it was longer wish it was going more places but i mean that's all you know that'll all come in the future
0: that's true. I know. I, just, I feel like I just want everything at once. I'm trying to be really patient, but at the same time, I'm just like, even when you said at the start, like mentioning Australia, like that was going to be obviously my final question to pretend like I didn't really care, but I obviously want you here. So,
1: I mean, I, Australia is one of my favorite countries I've ever visited ever. So, I mean, I, we we obviously would kill for the opportunity to come yeah. back over. So.
0: But yeah, it's, a, it's all easy said done. <clears throat> Obviously, yeah. coming all the way here with everything you need, so we totally get it. But yeah, it's just—it's yeah. exciting to even consider that fact at this stage. I reckon.
1: I think that's where we are right now with E is Legend. Is just that, like you know, all possibilities are open because we're we are in such a new state, and music's definitely in a different place than it was two years ago. It's kind of new territory for all, and you're kind of having to recarve your niche and find what's going on. Luckily for us, you know, we have a built in audience that has taken care of us. You know, they they we are we are nothing without our fans. So um, we're really happy to, to have such a good community within the confines of the legend compound. Uh, but yeah, it's it's that's that's a blessing in itself. So, I mean, just knowing that it stretches, you know, all throughout the world and that we, you know, we can draw a crowd wherever we go is like, you know, that's a blessing. So yeah. we're happy to, we're happy to just be getting this crunked up, you know, and uh, should start obviously when this out, when this comes out, I think, you know, we'll, November 11th, the album dropped and hopefully things are shooting up towards the sky. You know? Hell
0: yes. Bring it on. Yeah. And I know you mentioned as well, like the pandemic stuff, obviously have not too, after White Bat was released. And mm-hmm. like, it's been a couple of years, but obviously there's been a lot going on. So there's been a lot going on behind the scenes, but. I mean, we've already had a bit of a peak. I think when the first two songs came out, I felt like it was when Netflix gives you like two episodes instead of one. And you're like, yes, this is awesome. I'm going to watch them all at once. Yeah. And you're like, oh, my God, I want more. Like, I just got so greedy. But um, I'm glad. I'm glad. Well, I mean, there's
1: two two more songs coming out next, uh, this Friday night, actually.
0: Oh, so. hell yes.
1: Perfect. So, yeah. So, there'll be a little more to tide you over before the album
0: actually uh, drops. Thank goodness. I know, I'm so greedy yeah. now. I didn't even know how greedy I was to that happened. <laughs> But well, it's I, nice to
1: know that people are enjoying that, you know, yeah. because it was such a, it's such a strange place to be when you just don't know what's going to happen. Normally, you know, before all of this kind of unraveled the way that it did, you would kind of at least know, you know, we're going to put out a record and we're going to put out some singles and then we're going to tour to pr- promote the album and then tour to, you know, uh, to, to, you know, just back it and be on the road for X amount of time. But it's not like that
0: anymore. So. Totally. Yeah, yeah the Brave so you just New World. At the whim, yeah,
1: Brave New World for sure.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think what I love, like, it's been obvious with this one. Like, there's no, it's unmistakably a he is legend outing with the two songs, and obviously the other two. I'll have to wait and hear them and then see if I'm on the money. But like, what I love yeah. about you guys, you can pleasingly force like almost I don't know a better way to say it like opposing sonic magnets together and just make them fit. Like, you've got chunky textures that have like earworm moments. You've got grittier moments. You've got that trademark sultriness. And then this like bewitching, almost nursery rhyme like melodic structure that just like kind yeah. of comes through it. Like I, I'm just Thank obsessed you. with it. And I've read you say previously about this stuff that it. You've hinted that this album is your most aggressive to date. Like so far, it seems to back it up. Like, uh, are we getting a pretty firm indication about what "Endless Hallways" ultimately going to be?
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it. I mean, it far and beyond our heaviest record in a while. I think you know it's people have likened it to suck out the poison which had like a real grittiness i mean that came from basically us it's almost the juxtaposition of what just happened because um suck out the poison came of two years of non-stop touring and then we went directly into a studio to record so we were just like rode hard and put up wet you know um so this album kind of comes from the opposite where we're living our lives at home and just like not knowing what to do for two years and Mm -hmm. there's a frustration in both that I think you can hear um this album definitely comes out of you know some anger and some turmoil and, and all the things that everyone was feeling but I think there's still a playfulness to it because it kind of it kind of like speaks to the hero in, in us all. And like, you know, even in mundane times, like you have something to be proud about and to, to defeat the darkness, uh, you know, so to, to use strange words in that situation, but <laughs> the
0: accurate I, I, it is
1: always, yeah. I mean, it's always been lyrically for me, whimsical fairy tale situations that I like to relate to everyday life. So this, this, obviously felt like the last two years were an endless hallway where we kept getting these kind of, you know, things are going to be better in December and the December rolls around and it's worse. And then, you know, things, so just, you know, when you're in a hallway, you're not thinking about the hallway, you're thinking about what's beyond the hallway in the next room, you know? Mm -hmm. So just felt like we couldn't escape that. And so now that we are, um, I think we're all very grateful that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, no pun intended.
0: No, but um, it works. It works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the same with that artwork. I mean, it is all, it's all—it's that beautiful, elegant simplicity that's in it. And it kind of was a perfect thing of just feeling like that, not benchmark or like end point, but it just felt like, yeah, it was ever so slowly just like moving, like it was moving with us as we kind of got closer to where we thought the end of the hallway was. And then it's like, yeah. oh, it's just moved in conjunction with exactly how far I've gone. <laughs>
1: That's uh, that's where we're really lucky to have um, a dear friend, Matt Ryan Tobin, who does he did the artwork for White Bat and did the artwork for this. And we we work really well together in uh, creating these kind of feels and, and tones for the for the imagery. And I just you know, we couldn't be luckier to have him because he does such great work and he's a really busy guy. He works pretty heavily in the horror community. Mm -hmm. And, um, he, you know, so the fact that he like digs the band and digs the imagery and the, the, where we want to go with it, it's like, it's very, um, special to me to be able to work with him. So shout out to
0: Matt for his, his
1: hard work, because I mean, he just, he got the idea immediately and just ran with it. So
0: Oh, yeah, I'm so lucky. jealous I'm jealous of people like that because I'd have it all in my head and I just have no way to translate it out of me so I'm just eternally frustrated but as soon as I saw that like every artwork like like that and even It Hates You just occasionally drop pops oh, up in yeah, my head like it yeah. went free like it's just like appears in my head I'm like oh there that is
1: <laughs> yeah that's such a such a strange thing I mean we were told that we needed the album artwork in in like I, it was like a week and, and we maybe procrastinated for a few days so we had less than a week to get it in so we um, some friends of our then drummer Steve beach um, our friend Jonathan and and uh their girlfriend and the, the people that were around we just kind of had a house party and just like started collaging with old national geographics and yes. just like made these co- title cards kind of and sent them in as artwork and i handwrote wrote the lyrics and i think i've been handwriting the lyrics ever since i mean it just it was like such a unique touch to it but that really came out of nowhere i mean that it's all an interesting like silly that album is uh pretty special it's yeah. <laughs> a pretty special time we were
0: in Oh, I adore that. And I think what's been nice to see is that, you know, obviously with albums and with vinyls especially, like so much hard work goes into the whole overarching package of it. And just watching you guys absolutely smash and sell out, like all these latest reissues that you guys have been doing. Like it's, I think every time I've gone on just people like within seconds, they're like, I missed it, I missed it. But it's just so nice to see people returning to that and actually listening to albums and embracing them. And yeah, like getting handwritten all the stuff we had as kids, like all the stuff that you just devour and you just spend hours going through it. There's so much hard work put into it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited about the layout of Endless Hallway too, because I mean, it's also, um, it's going to be a trip when people see what it is on the end, on the cover, you know, or in the inside, you know, so the guts of the material is really cool and um, I just can't wait for people to see it because it's got such little nods to, to things, but I won't give away, I, I won't give away too much. Hopefully people have bought the vinyl or bought the CD and can see it themselves. It's great. Yes.
0: Well, if yeah, if people haven't already, they should definitely do it. Cause I dare say these will sell out as quickly as the other ones will. So I yeah, think let's,
1: I, let's hope so. Let's hope yeah. so. I mean, I hope it just, you know, I hope all these good things come to come to fruition and that we can, you know, mainly just play, play more shows and travel more and, and, mm. and get to see the people that we've missed for so long. So, you know, mm. that's, uh, that's that's really where the magic lies is in this in the show that we create and yeah. um I think I think our fans know that and they look forward to it so adding more people to the fold is always fun you know it's yes, great bring and it thank on. you you know thanks for for showcasing us because you know we we don't we're we're pretty much self-managed self-contained DIY band so th- all these things are uh you know, when somebody reaches out, it means it means more because it means that, you know, we're doing something right, I guess. So thank you.
0: Oh, I can't tell you that it's just everyone I speak to here, like it's like every... You're a meeting point for so many people of so, who lack so many different genres. It's like, it's proof that rock cannot and will never die. Like this is the band That's that all news. musicians can agree on, I think.
1: That's good news. That's good news. I mean, you know, I... I being a song and dance man as it were and having like no real uh (laughs) no real real hand to string or hand to to stick coordination anymore i mean i grew up playing playing drums but i don't i don't nearly enough uh any longer i think i think that i'm blessed with uh some of the best bandmates in the business and uh the fact that we all still love each other after this long and and we still get along i mean there's something magic in that itself and uh you know, I'm I'm lucky to play with the best guitar players and the best drummer in the business. So um, I, I count my lucky stars for that, for sure.
0: Uh, it's I think we're all exceedingly grateful in every from the outside and the inside. Like, and that's what I wanted to check with you. Like, obviously, this kicked off and like you know came into gusto in the early 2000s and kept going. But the journey extends way beyond that. Like, it's yeah. obviously going to start at a much earlier thing. And you were in high school. When all this is kicking off, like, did you have an inkling that you were onto something back then? Like, because most people do the high school band thing, and they're like, "Oh, we're really good, come check us out." But like, being with these, you know, younger people and being a lot younger yourself, like, did you kind of know that this was something special?
1: I knew before I even started playing with the guys that uh, we had a, 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 a they they were in a band called Stronghold in high school. And I met them through a mutual friend and basically met Adam. And uh, I went and saw them play at like a Battle of the Bands young. Thing. I mean, I couldn't have been more than 16 or 17. And um, I just knew that they were good, you know, and that they they had something that I, I wanted. And in meeting Adam and us being such kindred spirits and just kind of, you know, navigating life together over just being in a band fresh out of high school where you would we would meet up in the, in the UNCW library and make our own flyers, by just like cutting, and pasting and copying like medical journals and just yes. writing, our, you know, so that was back in the day when you had to like, put a lot of effort into getting people to your shows. And regardless of whether it was like, you know, handing out flyers at the mall or, you know, making a giant one and putting it at a crossroad, um, We put in the work back then to like, even though we weren't considered a punk band, like we were a DIY kind of punk operation and, you know, we were just playing new metal, heavy metal, emo, whatever you wanted to call it. I mean, it was just kind of what it was at the time. And then from from there, we never stopped. You know, I mean, it just it just always seemed like we had to do something and then taking off um, being on the road and then gaining some some success, I guess. At the beginning, you know, we were just part of a three band bill that Tooth and Nail put together with us, the Chariot and Showbread. Mm-hmm. And so all of those records were marketed together kind of as a package thing. And we did a tour as a package and, but, you know, we had a different path in mind than what what they wanted us to, you know, what the label was was planning for us. So surpassing that and meeting bands like Story of the Year and Seven Dust and uh Kill Switch Engage who really they took us under their wing and like and, you know, we were shitheads, you know, we were just young punks, you mm-hmm. know, and and but 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 we were holding our own and like playing and we really really enjoyed what we were doing. I don't think it was until after It hates You came out and we really hit a pivotal Moment where it just felt like everything felt wrong, and we needed to back up and regroup once we started making records again after that, and you know say when heavy fruit came out and then few that was when it felt like we had kind of come into this as more of a job not a job but like a duty, you know like it was like our duty to make music and that we we did make interesting music but before that. We would just call ourselves, you know, like dumb punk kids, you know, and like we play the part pretty well and we would party too hard. And we would, you know, we would do silly things and like detrimental things to our career. But we were just, you know, living a quote unquote rock and roll lifestyle where like nothing mattered. And from there, I think now being older and being more responsible and like really wanting to perform. I mean, we work hard on our live show. We work hard to get to where we're going, you know, I mean, we drive ourselves, we, we, we run our, our books and everything and we're, we're a self-contained band. So, um, yeah, now I think looking back, I don't, I couldn't see another, like, I couldn't see another path unless this were just had, would were to have never happened. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't change it for the world. We've done some amazing things and, uh, you know, even if. Endless hallway goes nowhere. I can still look back and say, you know, I've been doing this for twenty years. It's amazing. So, yeah, yeah it's uh, yeah, it's definitely one of those things where it's it's kind of a rhetorical question because you can't answer it without mm. really knowing what would have happened before. You know, what I've worked at McDonald's for twenty years. Who <laughs> not? I doubt it. Um, but yeah, happy happy to be where we are, and yeah. happy to be with 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 my best friends still able to travel and and tour the world it's amazing
0: absolutely and the journey's only continuing on like there's i feel like so much to come which is so exciting and it's even though it's unknown it's like that makes it almost more exciting sometimes i like this
1: i agree i think uh i think we're at a point where white bat did really have the wind taken out of its sails for a moment so there's probably some leftover momentum for where we were going at that point in time and um hopefully it just picks up where we left off and, and things are seamless. I think they are. And I think yeah. the few shows that we've played since then, you know, I think has really just kind of proved our worth, I guess, you know, it's mm-hmm. like we're getting back to where we were. We're getting stronger. We're getting, you know, we're getting more, um, more confident with, with, with every show. So yeah, like it's only up from here. We we'll yeah. can continue the rise.
0: I won't keep you all day, but like on the topic of live shows, I know you've played like an insane amount of shows. It's just ridiculous. And we'll be here for hours if I sit here and start listing them. So let's not do that. But um, along the way, like, has there been a standout moment or two on the road or on stage that you just still look back to this day and think how the fuck did that happen? Like, what is yeah. my life?
1: It actually is um, a, a show in Australia. When we did the last Soundwave um and I think the it was broken up into two days and or two different festivals and one played one week in, you know, Sydney and the other one was in Brisbane and then they alternated. Um and we traveled to to four cities maybe and played those shows. But um we were on the day where it was um incubus, soundgarden, um, uh why My Faith No More Um, the Smashing Pumpkin, just so many, so many amazing bands. And, um, that really came from me sending out a tweet. (laughs) And I was just like, I was like, hey, why can't we play this festival? And they were like, you can. And so, um, we were the featured artists and we had like, you know, they, it was just like we were, we were featured with on the whole. Bill, there were tons of bands that were playing, but for some reason, like our name was the featured artist of the festival with all this on the on the flyers. So that was that was surreal for sure. But when we would get done playing our set, I would walk out onto the field off the side of the stage, and across the field, I could see Chris Cornell singing Black Hole Sun. He was like mid mid-song, you know. So we would walk off stage and we would just hear Black Hole Sun. And just watch it on the Jumbo st- screen across across the field. And I'll never forget that. I mean, it's like the most surreal moment. Traveling with all these bands, getting to know all these bands. And just, you know, when you get to Australia, you feel the furthest away from home that you've ever felt. Because you are. You yes, know? literally. You you, you you literally are. But when, the, when you touch down and, you know, the birds seem different, the coffee's a little different, everything's just a little... A little different, and it's it was so nice and so welcoming. And you guys are just the sweetest, you know. So, we we were welcomed with open arms, and we got to meet people that we still keep in touch with today. So, yeah, um, mind blowing experience to say the least. And, um, can't wait to get back over there.
0: And how amazing it all just started from like what was it, a tweet coming out?
1: Like one, one tweet, yeah. I mean, I was just like. Well, I saw the lineup and I was so blown away. And like literally, I was just like, I want to see Manson and Slipknot play the same night. And they happened to be on on the show that we weren't involved with, so I never actually got to see them. We were on the Ah. plane with Corey Corey Taylor. Um, I saw them later after that. Yeah, I was gonna gonna say, I feel like you probably made up for that. (laughs) I made, I definitely made up for that. But but yeah, I mean, just just seeing Faith No More, which Mike Patton was like. An idol when I was when I was in high school, you know, I would buy his like crazy spoken word albums and like pass yes, it off. I had music, those too. You know? yes. Yeah, I was so into it. So yeah, it, uh, that probably is one of the more um, visceral memories that I can collect. I can still feel everything about that and just having the absolute best time. I mean, no, no other. I I can't speak to any of the other bands and whether or not they had a great time, but we had a blast, you know.
0: And that's very so, yeah. important.
1: Yeah, that was a that was a very special moment in our in our history. I'm sure I could draw upon more, but I mean that one sticks out more than anything. Yeah, and I love that. Yeah, just just the whole beauty of it. I mean, it was all everywhere in Australia we would go. We were just dumbstruck with how beautiful it was and how nice the people were, and it was just yeah along with like you know flying to each show and just having such such an amazing time i met uh brandon from incubus backstage i met uh al from ministry it was just like wandering around you know just seeing some of our our lifelong idols just mm-hmm. wandering the streets you know it was, it was surreal Hell and there. that was also you know a smaller band that people may not remember but uh it was when the, the guys from the Mars Volta had that band, the Anti-Mask. Yes. And I still listen to that record. I think it's really great. But we got to see them. They just so happened to be playing like an hour before us. So it was a good, you know, it was a good time to go and catch them on the main stage and then run over to our stage and get ready to play. So that was what we did every day. And oh that was God. such a beautiful thing to watch. amazing.
0: Well, I don't know if we're ever going to be able to top that one. Um, we can certainly try when you come Yeah, We've got yeah, yeah. a very high bar, but um, obviously All Eyes are going to be on Endless Hallway in the meantime. And one last thing before I let you go, I spotted in an interview that dropped last year that you mentioned you had been collecting matches and trinkets. Are you still on the match collecting train or have you got a new obsession now? Oh,
1: yeah, you know, I, have, I have a thing of them right here. I've got to oh, hold on when we reach off camera. <sighs> Just you know, I got them all over. It. Yeah, just, but they're all people used to bring them to me. You know, but they're all just like vintage little oh matchbooks. God, but you know, so I have them all over the place in like big jars. Yes. But to me, I'm like, look at this one. This one's great. Omega Restaurant and Pancake House. Ooh, and also open twenty four hours. Open twenty four hours. The thing about a match book is that I love so much not not to mention like the old crazy like you know they're probably not a place anymore but for me it's like someone took this from the Four Seasons Complex in Greensboro North Carolina the Fifth Seasons Lounge and they never struck a match for whatever reason and continued, you know, this is a probably a fifty-year-old restaurant, forty-year-old restaurant doesn't exist anymore, and they kept it. Now, like this beauty in Essex place in Vegas, this looks fairly new. Almost all the matches are struck, and I and I just like the story. I I like to, I just want to know, like, what were they smoking cigarettes? Were they lighting, you know, lighting a fire in a place they were staying? Those I, I don't know. There's just a story in a matchbook. Yeah. And I love it. I I just, I'm so obsessed with them. Like, look at that guy.
0: Oh, wow. San Francisco. You're dining. God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And they're just all old little dance, dance floor. It says, uh, yeah. Dine dance floor shows your host frank martinelli
0: <laughs> and
1: yeah no no matches in that wow one. but yeah sometimes you'll find a phone number or sometimes you know somebody drew something inside i just love i, I love it yeah and you don't Tom's you don't see them that often anymore you know no, you, don't you don't usually go to a place and see because i mean i guess smoking is not as cool as as it used to be <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, and it isn't, but yeah, I don't know. I love I love a matchbook. Right. I have them all over the place. It's funny I that you asked this. that. Yeah, yeah, it just yeah. stuck
0: out, and I was like, I just was, yeah, I want to show if it was just a pandemic obsession or if it's coming like then no something way. Really yeah. part of it. I like that it's a continuing thing. And how many stories are there? Like maybe we'll get a Hairs Legend Matchbook inspired album complete. Well, Start I'll tell you one what day. You,
1: I think we have matches for Endless Hallway that are making their way to. To bars and restaurants, as we speak, I'm pretty sure. Um, so yeah, I'm uh, I, that was one of the things I was just like, we gotta do this for promotion. Like, I want matchbooks at, at rock bars, so hopefully they're sitting on some some tables here, you know. Love it now that this is out, yeah. Let's, let's hope so. Let's. People send me pictures. Send pictures of the uh, of your matchbooks.
0: Yes, they hate. And then and put match. them in a jar like a for
1: fifty years.
0: And, <laughs>
1: and yeah, leave a story along.
0: Yes, I love it. Well, obviously, there's going to be many more stories to come, and I can't think of a better way to close out this season of my podcast mm-hmm. with you, Skylar. It's an honor to chat to you, and even better, Endless Hallway is releasing the very week that this airs, so we'll be closer than ever. Endless Hallway out Friday, November 11th. All the info will be in the episode show notes. Scala, thank you for your time. And he's hoping we we'll see you in Australia, you know, not too distant future, yeah. but when you're ready, when you got the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're ready. Just bring us. If you yes. book us, we will come.
0: I love it. <laughs> and it was
1: my pleasure. Thank you, Tiana, for having me anytime.
0: Well, Australia, you heard them in. Let's get Here's Legend back out here ASAP. And in the meantime, there's even more Here's Legend goodness due out this week with their brand new album Endless Hallway out this Friday, the 11th of November. And if you're like me, you've been playing the current new singles to death. This will not be an album to miss. Check out the info in today's show notes to learn more. A massive thank you to Skylar for his time today and for showing me his matchbook collection. There will be a little video dropping later this week where you can check out and actually see his collection that he showed me in today's episode. So definitely keep an eye out for that. But that, my friends, officially brings us to the close for season two of Behind the Soundcheck. I had zero intentions of releasing a new season. Season one from a few years back was 10 episodes that I busted out before briefly going on to podcasting full time for another company. But as luck would have it, the professional and creative tides turned this year, and I inadvertently have been able to run my own race here. So I am so grateful to any and all of you who have joined me this season. And of course, a massive shout out has to go out to all of my guests from this year, including Jacob Lee, Roe from I Built the Sky, Jason and Luke from Sunk Loto, Monique from Relicar, Lucas from Hammers, who is also the person responsible for me securing Skylar for today's episode. Thank you, Lucas. And of course we also had Alex from Make Them Suffer, Colin Jeffs, Devin Townsend, Ben from Slowly Slowly and Mr. Skylar Croom himself from Here's Legend today. Whether you're a fan of music or just stories in general, there have been some awesome moments from this season and some really interesting conversations that have come out of all of these episodes, especially given what's happened in the past two years for the music industry. And on top of that, it's just been some truly amazing people talking about the amazing things that they're doing in the musical realms. Season three of Behind the Soundcheck is on the horizon. Keep your eyes and ears out over at the Soundcheck, which is www.thesoundcheck.org to keep up to date with this podcast, as well as all things music reviews, interviews, and a heap more in the meantime. As always, Behind the Soundcheck's theme song is courtesy of Brisbane Legends Osaka Punch. The track you are hearing and at the start of each episode is called Hall of Shame. You can check out more Osaka Punch fun over at osakapunchofficial.com. But that is it from me for this season. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride and I will catch you in the not too distant future for more Behind the Soundcheck. Bye for now.